This is the Life Truth Network. Previously on Dangerous Christian. We learned all about tornadoes and gas. They could tear down houses, tear trees out of the ground. There are cars all over the place. Yes, I got the report. It's cancer, and there's a lot of it. Oh, yes, Bill's on call with the live news team tonight. Main Street was hit hard last night with five tornadoes and heavy winds. The malls and shopping centers along the street were all demolished. I cannot in good conscience stand idly by and watch. I pledge to you there will be no lost jobs. I guarantee you that I'm the best hope for this city and I will save the people here. This guy sure thinks a lot of himself. My name is Daniel Christian. I am a follower of Christ. People who are not there to watch the local news event, but to work and work hard. Bill, what do you think you're doing? Keep the camera focused over here. Get those people out of the shot. You said there wasn't anybody sending it. Look at all the people at that trailer. We cover the news that Ferris Day Industries tells us to report on. Let's go help. I grabbed the smartphone that was also the most important thing I owned. I called it Sword. Some of the relief people with a cleanup crew from some church actually ended up helping us. These other people are not authorized to be here. They need to leave now. It was time to get a closer look, hopefully find some answers. You know what? I'm pretty decent with computers. How about I apply? I'll set up a meeting for you with Miss Natasha Hawkins. And now, episode two of Dangerous Christian. I arrived at the Ferris Day building, intent on talking to Ferris personally. Entering the lobby of the high-rise building, I saw the elevator. How are we doing on time? Right on schedule. A small woman and a large man stepped into the opening door of the elevator. Hold the door! I was across the lobby, and apparently a little too far to be heard, or to close the gap in time. As I watched the doors slide shut, a quick glimpse told me that there were no other elevators nearby in this aging downtown building. How about if we take the stairs? That is your call. The elevator should return in plenty of... Sword cut the last sentence short. That wasn't normal for her. What's the matter? I started to press the button. The elevator has developed a malfunction. Great. The stairs it is. Looking for the stairwell and walking toward it, I told Sword... I guess it wasn't meant to be. Getting stuck on an elevator isn't my idea of fun today anyhow. Do you think we should alert building maintenance? I would say not. It appears the reporting system is working well. My name is Dan Christian. 
I was a child of the 80s. MacGyver was my hero. That is, until I met Jesus Christ. Healthsley Podcast Network, in conjunction with Lion's Den Audiobook and Drama Podcast, presents... Dangerous Christian. Starring Michael Prince and Tiffany Lott. Episode 2 Rising to the Occasion. Featuring John Warren and Lillian Rachel. Meanwhile, in the elevator, Natasha stepped into the elevator and took a sharp intake of breath when she turned to press the button for her floor. Not because it was already pressed, but because of the giant of a man who had just pressed the button. What floor? Despite his size, there was a normal tone to his voice. Natasha almost expected him to have a gruffness or rasp to his voice, something that might have come from long months of smoking in darkened bar rooms or life on the road on top of a Harley Davidson, shouting over the wind to traveling partners in his biker gang, or whatever they called him. He had a nice voice. You already pressed it. That's my floor too. Is this still one guy I'd hate to meet in a dark alley? Or stuck in an elevator? Almost on cue, and as if to fulfill her worst fear, the elevator ground to a sudden stop. When I got to the floor, Sword had some words for me. Behold, I am sending you out as sheep in the midst of wolves. So be wise as serpents and innocent as doves. Matthew 10:16. What was that for? I thought you might have something more positive to say for me. You know, something encouraging, uplifting, something to pump me up and energize me. That sounds more like a word of caution. It pays to be practical. I stepped through the office door, ready for my appointment. Or did the sudden feeling in my gut mean I was ready to get it over with? I spoke to the receptionist. I'm here to see Miss Hawkins. I had a 10 o'clock appointment with her. I hope I'm not too late. Had a seat. Miss Hawkins will be with you in a moment. Please sign in on the clipboard right over there on that table. Is this the part where I turn into a serpent, or do I remain sheepish and dove-like? Excuse me? Sorry, I was just talking to myself. Something a friend said to me earlier just came to mind. Filling out the check-in sheet, the receptionist eyed me suspiciously. I didn't know it at the time, but there were a couple of people in an elevator much more uncomfortable than I was. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. That doesn't sound good. The bell stopped ringing. We're stuck. Don't tell me we're stuck in here. Hit the bell again. Before she could make a move, he pounded on it hard enough that Natasha thought he might put a hole through the control panel or break his hand. Calm down. Calm down. They installed more emergency systems on the elevator than just the bell. It seemed to have worked, at least for the moment. Her fellow passenger began taking on the look of a caged animal, his nostrils flared, and taking barely controlled short breaths. 
It's going to be okay. Somehow, having someone who was worse off than her brought out her mothering instincts. She didn't even know she had it in her. Of all her character traits, motherly would be one of the things that was at the bottom of her list. Stay calm for me. Sorry, I just get a little claustrophobic in these things. I could tell. Sorry, I can usually handle it when these things are working normal. Getting stuck just rigs me out. Just a little? Good thing it doesn't affect you a whole lot then. The longer we sit here, it feels like the walls are closing in. Look, right here is a call button. For emergency use, press and release to make a call to maintenance. Have the location number and model number of this compartment ready when the technician answers the phone. Location and model number? What does that mean? Are we supposed to flip the elevator over and look at a data plate or something? <laughs> what? She was taken aback. Was this humor or panic? Not entirely sure, and wanting to keep the situation sane, she looked closer at the control panel. No, look here, silly. The location and model is right there. Well, call them. What's taking so long? Hit the button. Victory was at hand as Natasha felt in control of the situation. She pressed the button and released. She fixed her eyes on those all-important numbers, ready to take charge and satisfy the repairman on the other end of the line with the critical data he would need. Then it happened. The area code of the number you dialed has been changed. Please hang up and try again with the new area code. The voice dutifully repeated itself before disconnecting, but nobody heard it. Natasha's eyes locked with the giant of a man. With matching faces of shock and panic, they stood speechless. Moving as precisely as if in a well-choreographed dance, they both flew to the elevator door, pounded frantically, and shouted for help from anybody who might be in earshot. Back at the office, I sat watching the clock. I had long ago finished my check-in procedure. I barely made it here in time, but it was well past the appointment I had hoped for with Miss Hawkins. Was she one of those control freaks who liked making people wait? I kicked myself once again for not giving myself more time to get here. To prevent embarrassing outbursts, I had put sword in silent mode. I tapped in the message on the on-screen keyboard. Note, Note to, to self, self. Try, try to be, be at, at least, least a half hour early from now on. Matthew 10, 16. Behold, I am sending you out as sheep in the midst of wolves. So be wise as serpents and innocent as doves. I thought you could do better than that. No word about patience or self-control. Indeed, you would do well to demonstrate those traits as well as the rest. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, Gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. Where's the love and joy in waiting? 
Behold, I am sending you out as sheep in the midst of wolves. So be wise as serpents and innocent as doves. I could see the artificial intelligence I built into my pocket-sized digital assistant was going nowhere today. I would have to work on it later. For now, I decided to strike up a conversation with the receptionist. Checking the nameplate on her desk, I learned the secretary's name was P. Timpkins, executive office assistant. Excuse me, Miss Timpkins, do you think Miss Hawkins will be much longer? Her icy glare at the interruption of her silent typing on her keyboard only got me a terse response. It's not Miss, it's Mrs. Timpkins. I was just curious. Is she busy with someone else? I mean, I could come back another time if she's... I let my suggestion drift off as I got another glare and was met with another stock answer. Miss Hawkins will be with you in a moment. As I resigned myself for a longer wait, I was wondering what the P in Mrs. P. Timpkins was for. Patricia. Pamela. No, no more, more like, like Penelope. Persimmon. I wasn't in thought for long when a well-dressed man entered. Mrs. Timpkins leapt to her feet. Oh, good morning, Mr. The man waved her off and proceeded into the office before her greeting was completed. The man looked familiar to me, but the brief encounter wasn't enough to get a good look and think of where I might have seen him. It was a little odd to see the instant switch from Ice Queen to Flustered Hen in Mrs. Timpkins. I understood better when the door burst open to have the man storm back into the outer office, barely keeping his temper in check. Where is Miss Hawkins? Miss Hawkins is very much looking forward to I am a busy man. I need the report she has on our progress with the relief project, and I need it now. Noticing me for the first time, it seemed to throw a switch, and the attitude was reduced to a tone of saccharine sweetness. If I hadn't witnessed the original tirade, it might even be taken for a sincere tone of politeness, but the artificial pleasantry was clear to me. The words of Sword's warning filled my mind. Maybe, Maybe I, I won't, won't reprogram, reprogram the intelligence, intelligence engine after all. Oh, please, miss. Mrs. Timpkins. Please, Miss Timpkins, see if you can contact Miss Hawkins and let her know that I'm here. I'll wait for her in her office. I gave the visibly upset Mrs. Timpkins time to make some phone calls, presumably to get her boss on the line, then asked, Was that Lucius Ferris? Yes, that was Mr. Ferris. Back in the elevator, after shouting for what seemed like hours, but was probably only a few minutes, Natasha decided to break the silence between them. It looks like we may be here for a little while. Maybe we should introduce ourselves. The big man said nothing. He just leaned against the wall for support and held his eyes shut. I'm Natasha Hawkins. There was still no visible reaction from her companion. My friends call me Nikki. It's kind of short for Natasha, but not really. The man opened his eyes. Your name is Nikki? That's what my friends call me. What's your name? Or do I just call you big scary guy on an elevator? That got a smile out of him. It was the first show of positive emotions since they entered the elevator. My name is Mick. But if you're a friend, you won't call me Mickey. That's good to know. I'm going to guess you don't work here. No. I was on the way to talk with the people in the Ferris Day Relief Project. That's interesting. Can I ask what it was about? Do you need to request a team to come to your neighbourhood? Or to volunteer on a team? None of those. Nikki's curious look prompted him on. I'm with a team who set up our own relief van over on the west side of town. Where the tornadoes hit hard. And you're already on the scene and set up? Uh, yeah. 
I don't think those stuffed shirts in Ferris Dye Industries know anything about helping people. Not really. They just give a little handout and tell people it's the help they need. Because the Ferris Day vans won't be on site until this afternoon for food distribution. And it's going to be a little longer for... But we're already set up, fully functional. With hot meals, showers, able to distribute a few things people need to survive while the cleanup is going on. What do you need from Ferris Day then? We want to know how many more vans might be needed and where to put them. It's also a matter of zoning approval or something. We could already have a few more set up if it wasn't for zoning. Ferris Day already has all the locations covered and when the supplies arrive, people will be getting help. But that's just it! Mick was a transformed man from the one who had just been seen in a panic moments ago. This was clearly a passion for him. Ferris won't have vans in operation for hours. And we've already been active for at least a day. Then it occurred to him that this tiny woman knew a lot about the Ferris Day operations. Do you work for Ferris Day or something? Are you a secretary for one of those fat cat executives? You should know a lot about what's going on. Something like that? Let me get this straight. You are already set up in a location, and you want to set up in more places? Yes. And you came here to talk to the stuffed shirt fat cat in charge about why you can't set up in more places. Yeah, and that zoning thing. We don't understand what that means. Well, I don't know about the zoning thing. I'll have to ask about it. So, do you work for Ferris Day? You think you can tell me how to get in to talk with somebody who can make things happen? What do you recommend to getting good with one of those fat cats at the top? Shake hands with the fattest cat of the stuffed shirt in the Relief Project. I'm Natasha Hawkins, top shirt of the project. As for a meeting, I recommend a stuck elevator. It ensures a captive audience and you'll have their full attention. Um, you? I didn't mean to say that you're a fat. That is to say you're not a cat. I mean fat. And your shirt, no. I stuff it pretty good. <laughs> yes. I mean, no. I mean, it isn't stuffed at all. I mean, you stuff it just fine. I mean, I didn't notice you in your shirt. Uh, your shirt is... I think it's just getting a little stuffy in here. <laughs> By now, back in the office, I could tell that Miss Hawkins hadn't been in today at all. I had the growing feeling there was something wrong. Her secretary had all but lost her composure as she frantically dialed and redialed her office phone. In the other room sat probably the most important man in the country, outside of the president, and she had missed her appointment with him. The facade of pleasantry from Lucius Ferris ran only skin deep. The important man didn't like being stood up by his project manager. Even if Miss Hawkins showed up, I felt she would be in no shape to see me, at least not today. Mrs. Timkins, I think it would be best if I came back another time. Miss Hawkins has my contact information. Please have her contact me when we can meet again. I left with the slightest of nods from the now nervous secretary and headed down the hall to the elevator. Now to call the elevator. I'm ready to go down and I'm so tired. I'd rather not have to take the... The elevator is out of service. Do you mean out of service again? or still out of service. Surely those people aren't still stuck in that elevator. I know a thing or two about technology, and I spotted what I needed on the edge of the door. 
A small hole for maintenance let repairmen open the sliding door to the elevator shaft. Opening the door, I peeked down the dark column of empty space. <laughs> is that... Is someone laughing down there? There's the top of the elevator, but I'll have to take at least a flight of stairs to get to it. Hello! Can, can you, you hear, hear me? me? Help! Help us! We're Help stuck us. in here! Help us! We're stuck in here! Give me, Give me a few, a few moments, moments to, to get, get where, where you, you are. are. I'll, I'll be, be right, right there. there. Arriving at the door just above where the elevator was stuck, I repeated my trick with opening the door and was greeted with shouts of relief. Thank you. Oh, bless you, my man. Do you think you can climb up this way? You're not exactly at the floor. Oh, brother, I've been climbing the walls already. I think I can manage it. What about Miss Hawkins? What did you say? Did you say Miss Hawkins? You wouldn't be the same Miss Hawkins on the Ferris Day Relief Project, would you? The one and same. I have some good news and probably bad news for you then. Oh, what would that be? Good news? I'm your 10 o'clock appointment. And the bad news is that it isn't 10 o'clock anymore. That's okay. Just get us out of here and I'll be glad to talk to you about your qualifications. There's more. Your next appointment is in your office, and he doesn't seem very happy to be stood up. That would be Mr. Ferris, but I don't meet with him until... Nikki's face went ashen. Oh, my, what time is it? How long have we been stuck in here? Why hasn't my secretary tried to call me? She has, and my prediction is that the instant you step out of this elevator shaft, your cell phone, if you have one on you, will go crazy with missed calls and messages. Mick, lift me out of here! Both of you, give me some time, maybe an hour or two, then come up so we can talk. As she cleared the doorway, Nikki raced to the stairs to the sound of her chirping phone and left me to help hoist the large frame of Mick out of the elevator. This was not going to be good. It took some doing to get Mick out of the elevator. He had to outweigh me by 50 pounds, if not more. Nikki had rushed off to her office and it had me worried. I had been there when her next appointment arrived. If I didn't miss my guess, it was none other than Lucius Ferris himself, and he wasn't happy to be stood up by her. It feels good to finally get out of that box. You are the man. Glad I could help. I take it you were on the way to the relief coordinator? Yeah, but I didn't expect it would be a tiny little hundred-pound woman. She does hold a pretty powerful position in the city, overseeing how Ferris Day Industries works with the public. Do you really think it was really Lucius Ferris waiting for her in her office? I've only seen pictures of him, or interviews he does on television. He's always so smooth-talking and compassionate, but the man I saw today didn't seem quite so easygoing. He's an important man. You can't expect him to be on his best behavior all the time. True, but to believe his own hype, Lucius is the world's answer to all manner of war, plague, pestilence, and crime. I just get a bad vibe from him, though, especially if the guy waiting for Nikki is really him. Well, we have some time to kill. What shall we do? Nikki said to give her an hour or two. There's a waiting lounge down the hall from her office. Let's relax there and wait. And in the waiting room, the conversation continued. Tell me again, why are you here to see the relief department? I'm the head of a team who gives relief to those in disaster areas. We started this as a practical way of ministering to people when they need it the most. But he said to them, you give them something to eat. You what? Who said that? 
Mick looked around in confusion. It's just my... I searched for a simple explanation for my digital assistant, Sword. I pulled it out of my pocket to show him. It's my, um, phone. Sword was my own experiment in artificial intelligence and a logic based on searching the word of truth. It was an invention to offer advice from the Bible as it monitored the real world situations around it. Go on. You were saying that you give them something to eat? Did I say that? Yeah, we do give them something to eat. But more when we can. We try to find out about the people who come through the serving lines. We don't carry everything, but we have blankets and sometimes changes of clothes. If it fits, it's theirs. More importantly, we listen to what they say and pray for them. If we can do more or help them find help from others, we do that too. And they all ate and were satisfied. And what was left over was picked up. Twelve baskets of broken pieces. Did your phone just say what I thought it said? It sounded like Luke 9. You know, the time where Jesus fed the 5,000. It was my phone, and I believe you're right. Yeah, that's weird, because that's just the kind of thing we try to do. We may not do it as miraculously as Jesus did it, but we feel that we're ministering in the same kind of way. I hope you don't mind. I just need to plug in my phone, you know, just to keep the battery boosted up. No problem, mate. Go for it. Secretly, I had another reason for wanting to plug in S.W.O.R.D. I was still worried about Nikki. The reason I came into her office didn't matter much now, the more I learned about the disaster relief and Mick's story. There was no real danger in S.W.O.R.D.'s battery running down, at least no time soon. I had come to see Miss Hawkins in answer to an ad for a computer technician, and I felt it was time to do some preliminary hacking into the systems. If the condition of the elevator reliability in the building was any indication, this should be a piece of cake and tapping into the network would go better if I was attached to the power grid. I also hope you don't mind me doing a few checks. Sorry if I may seem a little distracted while I do this, but I'd like to hear more about your scuffle you had. I slipped in an earbud so I can monitor Sword in private, and continued to listen as Mick recounted his story. Well, I wouldn't call it a scuffle. We had been set up and serving the neighborhood before the first Ferris Day van showed up. It took forever to put it in place, and when they did, they weren't even fully supplied. Can you believe that? Some didn't have food, or not nearly enough to meet the demand. Others didn't have kitchen equipment to cook the food. Others didn't have plates, or flatware, and some other necessary items. My guys just had to shake their heads at the amateurish attempts. I silently tapped the touchscreen of S.W.O.R.D. as I found what I was looking for in the system. I also counted on the snooty secretary being the kind to use the office intercom to eavesdrop. I tapped into the network and her computerized phone system to catch the conversation in Nikki's office. Could this man actually be Lucius? Benefactor to the world? Humanitarian extraordinaire? What I heard was one of the most scalding butt-chewings I've ever heard. Miss Hawkins! I cannot believe that you could be so unprofessional. There is no excuse for this. Not only have you kept me waiting... But, sir, the elevator. Now, I don't want to hear it. That is nothing compared to our other problem. I have the reports on the relief projects, right? The only report I want to hear about is how in the world that so-called relief van of those religious extremists got in my city. That attitude didn't match the reputation of the famous Lucius Ferris one bit. The outrage went on in my earbud while I gave attention in my other ear to Mick, who continued his story. It was such a joke that some of my guys went to help them out. Everything went fine until they found out we were Christians and praying for people. 
They started calling us names. That we were hate mongers and terrorist fanatics. That's funny, since nobody who came through our lines mentioned it. I thought our service was offensive. The next thing I know, there was a mobile news van on the street, and police came to tell us we needed a permit to operate. Do you think the news team had something to do with turning you in? No, I don't think so. The dude was really nice. He seemed to be interested in our operation, and I'm impressed with how efficient we ran things. If you ask me, it was probably someone from one of the Ferris Day vans. Hold that thought. I don't care what it takes, Miss Hawkins. I want those people off my streets. Should I have them apply for a permit elsewhere, then? Don't you understand, Miss Hawkins? There are no permits. Not here, not anywhere. Not for them. Those people are not welcome. They have embarrassed me. They have been the source of trouble in all my authorized relief teams. I want them gone. Yes, sir. I'll see to it personally. I'll head right downtown as soon as... I can't wait that long. I want them gone now. Get police headquarters on the line. If those people are still on the streets disrupting my relief efforts, I want them all in jail. And that van impounded. My heart raced. My fingers flew over the touchscreen, issuing commands to S.W.O.R.D. I may have to take a phone call soon, and it may sound strange. Hang tight and play along with me. Yeah, sure, mate. I can do that. Another thing. Just how fast can you tear down and move your van out? You mean to a new location? You want us to move across town or something? How fast can you tear down and be gone? A couple of hours, maybe. How about less than an hour? Mm, we got to clean up. And there's more than just the equipment. There's a surrounding. Mick didn't get any further when I waved him off, a signal to be quiet. My phone was ringing. I took the call and could see the curiosity in Mick's face when I said, Police dispatch. Kennelly speaking. This is Natasha Hawkins from the Ferris Day Relief Project. I need for you to send someone out to remove some troublemakers. What's the complaint, miss? We have our teams out to provide relief on the streets, and there's a van from an outside agency who are disrupting our service and creating a nuisance to the public. Let me have that address, and I'll send a car out to check it out. No, you misunderstand me. I don't want a car sent out. There's a band of these troublemakers on location. I want enough officers on site to haul them away at once. They have a van to impound, so a tow truck will also be in order. That's a large order, miss. We haven't had any other complaints out here. I can't just... Look, Officer Kennelly, was it? This report is coming straight from Lucius Ferris. I want police cars. I want a paddy wagon. I want an entire SWAT team out there. Lucius Ferris wants the team gone. I want that team gone. And you had better want the team gone, or the only work you will be doing in the police department is cleaning the bathrooms. Yes, ma'am. Just give me that address and we'll be right on it. Nikki gave me the location where Mick's crew was set up. I pretended to jot it down, and the call was disconnected. How much of that did you grasp, Mick? Uh, we're in trouble, right? More than you know. 
I don't know how much time that little prank will buy you, but you need to get your team not only packed up, but out of town as fast as you can. Uh, it's gonna be meal time. You guys probably haven't nearly finished cooking. We can't just- Mick, I don't understand all the details, but this is serious. Get out fast. I wrote out my contact info on a slip of paper and put it in Mick's hand. Please, call me when you're clear, and don't hold Nikki responsible. She's the one who made the call, but she's only following orders. I don't think she knows it's you or your team. This is Nikki doing this? That was all he could say. He turned to leave, but before he did, Mick at least had the presence of mind to hand me his card. Just in case you need to contact me first, here you go. I can't believe this. And Mick, for Pete's sake, take the stairs. <laughs> With the immediate danger averted, I issued commands to release the phone lines to normal operation, but continued to monitor the conversation in the office. The tone of the meeting calmed down, and Lucius was receptive to letting Nikki present the reports that were originally on her agenda. I disconnected from the network, and pocketing sword, I returned to Nikki's outer office to wait. Maybe that secretary will have loosened up a little. Hello, Mrs. Timpkins, I'm back. I ran into Mrs. Hawkins a little while ago, and she said she would see me when she was finished with her meeting. Have a seat and fill in the check-in sheet, please. Again? Her glare was my only answer. Okay, okay, I'm checking in. It didn't take much longer and the door opened. Lucius Ferris emerged, looking every bit of his self-assured, tactful self that he displays for the television camera. Thank you for those reports, Miss Hawkins. I trust you'll have those press releases ready to send out to the media. Yes, sir. I'll send them out immediately. And don't forget our other little problem. Follow up on it. I will, and if it hasn't been taken care of, I'll send that contractor request you advised. Why, thank you, Miss Hawkins. Don't delay. The spell of Lucius was broken as he exited, and as if waking from a daydream, Nikki invited me into her office. At the same time, she handed off a packet of files with a request to Mrs. Timpkins. Type these up and send them out for normal distribution. Yes, Miss Hawkins. Glad you could come back. I'm so sorry our first encounter went as badly as it did. I'm glad I met you when I did. Otherwise, you might still be there. Oh, don't say that. Where's Mick? I know he had a question concerning the relief project. I think he would much rather be here to tell you about it. But something came up and he had to race off. That's too bad. I was looking forward to helping him out with his problem. I hope it doesn't involve those extremists who have been disrupting our other vans. I have the feeling it has something to do with that. I think he'll have plenty to say about it once he gets the chance to talk to you. Let's talk about you. Tell me about your qualifications in filling our position as technology chief. Clearly, you're pretty good with elevators. Actually, that was just a lucky accident. My limited knowledge in that area came from a friend who worked on them. I think my computer and networking skills will be more suitable to your needs. The conversation went on as I outlined the need for tightening up network security and making systems more reliable. Nikki questioned me about non-technical topics. What is your stance on abortion? How do you feel about same-sex marriage? Should civil rights be extended to all, including those in the LGBT community? What do you believe about the bigots who stand for religious freedom? and trample on the freedoms of others. I could see that the position was only going to be open to someone who conformed to the social ideas of the department. I couldn't buy off on that, but only kept up my visit to buy more time for Mick. If Nikki was kept busy, she might not realize that plenty of time had gone by and the real police force was never contacted. If they had been the ones on the phone earlier, they would have reported in by now. 
In sharing about her personal desire to help others and the purpose of her project, Nikki seemed legitimate in her desire to reach out to humanity. She had a sincere desire to help others in need. I had a hard time in connecting the kind of solutions the project offered. They all served to get the person out of a jam, but often contributed to self-serving desires that made the person spiral into a pattern of worse behavior or make them dependent on the handout offered them. Granted, something like abortion has been legalized for decades now, and people don't think twice about it. All it really seems to do is offer an escape from a problem. Although the so-called problem is a natural consequence of a natural act. The better solution to Dan seemed to be offering counsel on being more responsible for a new life and support in raising that new life to make both it and the mother stronger and better people. Finally, I had to stop the conversation. As much as I think I could help the project, I'm going to have to withdraw my application for it, Miss Hawkins. Call me Nikki. Why would you decline? I'd love to hire you on as soon as possible. I'm sure I could do just fine with your networks. I just don't think I'll fit in as well with your requirements and all that other stuff. All those social ideals. I don't see why it matters what I believe about them to do good work on your computers. Well, it doesn't. Those are just standard policies we have to sign off on to be part of the team. I'm sorry, but I can't sign on if those things are required. I know you didn't have to sign a voucher stating you have a stance on knowing the purpose or difference of cat, pipe, tail, server port 80, command C, control alt, delete, or... What are you talking about? I'm talking about common, everyday things a network tech does. Server commands and nuances of making it work. You don't need to know it. If you did, you wouldn't need to hire me. You don't need to know my job and to sign off on it, and to say you do would make you a liar. I know my job, I don't know yours, and computers work the same way whether I run them for a social agency, a legal firm, or a grocery store. I don't need to believe or understand those companies' policies or moral standards to keep the computer systems up and running. I thanked Nikki for her time, and we said our goodbyes. As I walked out of the office, I paused when I heard the secretary report to Nikki. Ms. Hawkins, I just handled that matter for you that Mr. Ferris asked you to do earlier. Why, thank you, Mrs. Timkins. Good job with those press releases. That and the matter of that memo. Memo? Yes, the one he said to send out if the conflict with the relief teams was not handled. Haven't the police reported back? That's the same thing Mr. Ferris asked. I told him there haven't been any such phone calls. And he had me send out that memo. Good work, Mrs. Timkins. What does filing a contract with Weber Concrete have to do with the disturbance with the relief project? I don't know. I just do my best to run a successful department and keep Lucius Ferris happy. Whatever he wants, he gets. That was the last I heard as I headed back to my hotel room. Feeling deflated and like a failure for coming up so empty-handed, I collapsed on the bed. All I wanted to do was empty my mind and get some rest. Instead, the events of the day began playing larger than life on the movie screen inside my head. My thoughts were so vivid, my concentration on the details so intense, I almost didn't detect the noise at my door. The envelope slid under the door, freezing me motionless. Snapping to my senses, I silently jumped to my feet and closed the distance to the door. Who knows where I'm staying? Maybe they have the wrong door. Should I open the door to see who it is? Is it a trap? That last thought gave me reason to stop short of flinging open the door. At worst, I might end up dead. At best, I would only catch a glimpse of the fleeing person as a door closed at their heels. 
I didn't hear the sound of footsteps, and my senses returned enough to peek out the peephole in the door. Nobody in sight. I bent down to pick up the envelope. All it contained was a brief message, a name, and an address. Then I read the rest. The link you're looking for. To be continued. You've been listening to Dangerous Christian, Episode 2. Dan was played by Michael Prince. Sword was Tiffany Lott. John Warren played Lucius Ferris. Opening theme, Wayfaring Stranger, produced and performed by John Warren. Preview song and closing theme, provided by SoundJ.com. Additional voices provided by John Warren as Mick. Lillian Rachel as Nikki. Mrs. Timkins was Sue Eisenman. And your announcer, I'm Nathan Caldwell. Sound effects provided by SoundJ.com and text notification sounds by notificationsounds.com using the Creative Commons Attribution License. This project was written by Nathan Caldwell and Keith Heltsley and produced by Nathan Caldwell. We hope you enjoyed Dangerous Christian. And we hope you listen again. This has been an HPN and Protectorate Productions collaboration. Thanks for listening. For more podcast goodness, check out the Life Truth Network at life-truth.com.